And we're back in a Friday afternoon. I'm Jeff MacArthur. Plenty of EV news on this Friday. And as always, we turn to our good friend, Kenneth Bocour, host of the EV Revolution Show on YouTube. Hey, Kenneth, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hope things are well. Things are good. Thank you. It's Super Bowl uh, weekend. I'm looking forward to the game. I think a lot of people are. And uh, this year, uh, of course, the ad's just as big as the game each and every year. And this year, General Motors, Kenneth, running an ad promoting their new EV vehicles. This ad will feature Canadian Mike Myers along with Rob Lowe. They're reprising their roles from Austin Powers. And just uh, wondering, how big of a moment do you think this is just for EVs in general? Just not to GM, but here we have, Kenneth, a major auto manufacturer putting major ad dollars behind their EVs. Well, as you said, double majors, right? There's a lot of effort here. I mentioned earlier uh, this year that this, in my opinion, is the year of the EV with all the action that's going on. And this is just another uh, element to prove that out. You know, GM spending big money. Super Bowl ads are in the millions for short spots. Uh, I like their, their stance on this. They're making it comical. Uh, we've seen some ads already come out. They're releasing some few snippets from it to, to make it fun, you know, with their, their uh, pitch on, you know, let's fight, fight climate change by looking at EV. So I think it's a great tactic, great marketing. But there are a lot of eyeballs watching things like the Super Bowl around the world. And if it, somebody steps up and promotes EVs, it's got to be money that uh, needs to be spent in a very wise manner. And I believe it's a great idea. Yeah, $6.5 million. That's the estimate for 30 seconds on the Super Bowl. <laughs> so obviously some uh, major dollars. You and, and you I think we're going to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then some. Uh, at this rate, we might be afford an ad for Super Bowl... Uh, in 2051 or something maybe uh, yeah. but uh, when it comes to gm and evs do you think kenneth we're going to look back perhaps at this ad campaign in this moment is a a real shift uh, not only for auto manufacturers i mean here they are again making their evs front and center during a pretty uh, important uh, ad and ad campaign but that the that might signal a shift when it comes to uh, consumers as well absolutely it does uh, signal a shift you're you're correct Again, you know, using these type of mediums, outlets for promoting EVs, it's a big deal. GM has said they're all in. Now they're backing it up with more money and more efforts. They continue to release new models. Launch, we talked about the Silverado, the Hummer EV. I believe they actually had the Hummer EV possibly on Super Bowl last year, if I remember correctly, as they were preluding that launch. So they've been getting behind spending some money on advertising EVs because they are really betting their future on it. And a lot of other OEMs have stepped up with increased productions, increased plans uh, that we're seeing start to see the fruits of those labors happen now. Uh, but it is a big deal and it shouldn't be, it should be taken very seriously by the automobile marketplace and consumers that are seeing these ads. You know, do you think we've seen the end of ads for combustible engine cars that they're done that that's over with for the OEMs? Uh, no, I don't think we, we've seen the ends of ads. Uh, ICE vehicles, internal combustion vehicles, are going to be around for quite some time. And remember, the amount of sales that OEMs have of ICE vehicles versus EVs are very one-sided right now towards combustion vehicles. So that's their bread and butter. They have to keep their business going, and that's going to last for many more years, if not a decade or two. This transition to EVs may seem fast, because, you know, we're seeing that hockey stick happen this year. But the reality is it's a big market, 70 million, you know, vehicles a year. And, and in 2021, EVs accounted for about 6.4 million of those. So there's a long way to go.
Meantime, uh, Tesla, they are recalling over half a million of their vehicles, uh, most notably uh, in the U.S. Uh, what's the subject of this uh, pretty big, pretty massive recall? Yeah, poor Tesla has been on the block lately on a few things. This is the boombox function. And if you're not familiar with that, the Tesla embeds a speaker into the front of the vehicle that is primarily there as a uh, external speaker for audible pedestrian warnings which is a law that cars need to have that feature, EV cars, because they are so quiet, no engine running, they can sneak up on you. Um, but uh, with the boombox function, which is really just a fun toy that uh, Tesla added to their operating system and to some of the functionality a few months ago, you can play music and you, or you can play sounds through it and all kinds of different elements. You can talk through it as well. And what this recall is about is that the boombox function can actually disable the audible warning system for pedestrians. And that, of course, would go against then some of the uh, the U.S. Uh, act, traffic acts and all this kind of stuff and, and, and safety elements. So they're putting it to Tesla to hopefully get them to fix it. All right. And to fix it, is that just something, uh, again, and we've spoken about this uh, in the past, that they're able to, uh, much like, uh, you know, your iPhone or your Apple Watch, that uh, Apple just sends you uh, updates uh, over the Internet. Is this something that's uh, fixable in, in your own garage with a software update? Absolutely. That's the power of Tesla and the power of over-the-air updates or OTAs, as you may hear, is that you have those capabilities to do a lot of things via software. Cars are becoming much more software-oriented, and when you have the right hardware components that you can tweak and do things with, you have the capabilities and the ability to do those changes. So this should be something that's easily fixed, in my opinion, I think with a software update, um, but I'm not 100% sure. I have a boombox feature in my vehicle, so I'll see if I get any type of notice from Tesla Canada, but uh, I'm, I'm still waiting for the last recall as well from them. All right, since we're talking about uh, Audible, Audible pedestrian warnings, uh, one way we've uh, all been able to communicate in our cars over the years is the horn. Uh, does Tesla, Does it, it's got a horn, right, in in their cars? It certainly does, yep. Yeah, because uh, there's an interesting opinion piece in the Toronto Star uh, the other day that I uh, wanted to get your take on, uh, Kenneth, because with all of the talk about horns, particularly out of Ottawa the last couple of weeks with the ongoing trucker uh, protests, uh, this uh, piece is wondering aloud whether or not we should do away with the car horn. And when you think about all of the tech and technology that's in our cars these days, it seems, Kenneth, like everything has been updated, everything has changed except the car horn. (laughs) Yeah, you're correct. I mean, with Tesla, you can uh, add some sounds to the car horn. So that's something you can play, uh, you know, uh, some Mexican cucaracha stuff or whatever, different sounds through your horns there to liven things up. But the horn is an integral part of the car safety system. And yes, society has maybe morphed that, uh, that secure, that safety device into meaning something else. And we don't like to be honked at when we're on the road, but it is there for a reason to be, you know, alert somebody maybe walking across from you. Or, or switching lanes without noticing or something like that. It's a, it is a warning uh, and safety, part of the safety system. So I'm certainly not for getting rid of horns uh, and, until we get to a point where cars are connected and there's much more full autonomy and there's, there's a lot less human intervention, then maybe we can relax. But humans are, are strange uh, beings and we do react uh, illogically a lot of times. So I think that's a necessity. I'm not trying to downplay, obviously, what's happening in Ottawa and other areas where I know it would drive me crazy if there were truck horns going off 724. I get it. But it is it is something that we shouldn't look to kind of ban because of things like this. Um, we're, I think we're still a ways away from getting rid of devices like the horn.
Yeah, but as we work our way towards autonomous uh, driving, do you think uh, there will be the no longer the need uh, for the horn, or we'll use it very rarely just because it's all going to be basically uh, automated and computer driven? Yeah, correct. That would be an ultimate end goal for for full vehicle autonomy. The secret to that is the connectivity. So it's one thing to have your vehicle that has some smarts to be able to drive itself and and you know use sensors and cameras to to detect obstacles and stay safe. But also, as I mentioned, people are illogical and they will act in weird weird ways sometimes while driving, and those can't be predicted. And sometimes you can't react quick enough, even a computer system. But if the cars are all connected, then they all know exactly where they are at any given point of time. And they know if they're going to drift or something is going to happen. If they're all automated, then they can communicate together like a big network and stay safe and keep spaces and all that stuff. And that would be a great opportunity then that to say, hey, we probably don't need the horn anymore. All right, Kenneth, uh, appreciate the time as always. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Kenneth Bocour is host of the EV Revolution Show, which, again, you can find on YouTube. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.